Anyway, I'm not going to carry on the uh, the Christmas the Christmas tradition in the uh, in the walk in the walk up in the run up to uh, into Christmas. I'm going to talk about somebody completely different tonight. I'm going to talk about Rahab, and uh, I'm going to look at uh, a few uh, a few different uh, scriptures tonight. We're going to look in Joshua chapter two. We're going to look in Joshua chapter six, uh, Matthew chapter one, Hebrews eleven, and finally in James as well. And uh, we're going to hopefully learn a little bit about, uh, about Rahab. And more importantly, probably, not only Rahab, uh, learn a little bit about ourselves, hopefully, and, uh, and also about how great our God is. And uh, Carol's already mentioned, um, I can remember sort of looking into the eyes of both uh, Claire, who's 37 at Christmas this year, so it's been a few years ago, and also our Stephen, and Steve's what, 34? Yeah, 34. And uh, those of us who've been uh, fortunate enough to be parents uh, will know that, yeah, will know and appreciate that time when all of a sudden you've got this sort of, uh, you know, handful, literally, yeah, of a baby sitting in front of you. And um, <laughs> as Carol was talking about uh, that particular lady singing, yeah, singing the song, it makes you wonder, doesn't it, exactly how Mary felt at that particular, at that particular time. But, yeah, well, that's what Christmas is all about, uh, ultimately. So, without uh, any further ado, we're going to move on and talk about, uh, and talk about uh, Rahab. And I want to, uh, as it says on the, on the screen, I want to look in, uh, in Joshua chapter 2 as our first port of call tonight. So, if you've got your Bibles, uh, please get them out. If you've got your iPhones or iPads or, yeah... Those of you who are in Android territory, yeah, you can go there as well if you need to. And uh, we're just going to read a few verses um, from Joshua chapter 2 uh, to kick off uh, for this evening. So uh, Joshua chapter 2 says this in my version of the Bible, which is New King James. Uh, verse 1 says, Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove. Sounds very posh place, that doesn't it? Acacia Grove. Yeah. Um, from Acacia Grove. Uh, to, uh, to spy secretly. I'm not sure you can do anything else, really, can you, other than sort of spy secretly. That's sort of the, bit of a yeah, bit of an oxymoron, that one, in the way it's put. But uh, they sent him out to spy, anyway. <clears throat> sent him out to spy, saying, go view the land, and especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman, <coughs> sorry, then the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I do not know where they came from. Liar. <laughs> yeah? And you think, look, there's one great thing, there's one, I say one great thing, there are many great things about the Bible, yeah? But one of the things I really like about the Bible is, yeah, it tells you everything, warts and all, doesn't it? Yeah? It doesn't sort of, it doesn't sort of mess around or anything like that. It actually tells you how it is. And there are many people I, uh, I admire in the Bible, and one of them is Peter. Yeah, and Peter was another guy who told it how it is, didn't he? Yeah? 
and uh, got himself into trouble in a few different ways. But um, yeah, but there you go. Anyway, verse 5 says, It happened as the gate was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went to, I don't know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But in actual fact, she brought them up to the roof and, hid, and had, had hidden them uh, with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the, uh, the men of Jericho pursued them uh, by the road of Jordan to the fords, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gates. So we have this back, yeah, we have this back story uh, going on here at this particular story of Rahab. Do you remember yeah, a few years prior to this, what had, jo sorry, what had, Joseph, what had um, Joshua and a guy called Caleb been doing? Do you remember? They'd been spies too, hadn't they? Yeah, because Moses in that particular in instance had sent them out into, yeah, uh, to spy out the, uh, the, promised, yeah, the promised land. And what happened in that case? Go on, we should all know the answer to this. All been through Sunday school. A lot of us been through Sunday school. I remember this was one of Pam's favourite yeah, favorite, uh, stories that she used to tell many years ago. Twelve spies went out. Ten came back and said it's a wonderful place. Two said it wasn't. Is that right? Thanks, Jane. Yeah. yeah. Ten spies came back and said, yeah, we're not going to be able to get into this land. There's giants in the land. Yeah, we're not going to be able to go in and take this land. But Joshua and Caleb came back and gave the true report and said, this is a wonderful land, yeah? We can go do this with God's help, yeah? And so in this particular story, what did Joshua do differently? Did he send 12 out? Did he send 12 out? How many did he send? Two. He sent two out. When Jesus sent his disciples out, how many, yeah, how many did they go out in fours, fives, and sixes? They went out in twos, yeah? They went out in twos. <clears throat> and so, to me, this is an indication that Joshua had actually learned from what had gone on previously, and because he had learned from what had gone on previously, he was able to just send out two people, yeah? And the two people ultimately came back and gave him a report of what was going on as far as Jericho is concerned, yeah? Psalm 23 tells us that what shall follow us till the end of our days? Goodness and mercy, yeah, another two, yeah, goodness and mercy. So, in other words, we don't have to, yeah, we don't need 5,000 followers on Instagram or anything silly like that, yeah. We can, we can rest and be assured in, yeah, if we're doing what God wants us to do, yeah, we can go out in our twos, if you like, and do what we're supposed to be doing. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, Isaiah says this, he says, my, for my thoughts, he says this about God, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, yeah, says the Lord. So in this particular story, yeah, we're going to find out that God had a plan for a lady who, had a, who was a very shady character, as we say, yeah, but God had got a plan to use this lady, yeah, as part of his overall plan and purpose um, in this world, yeah. Right, who thinks they've got a good reputation? <laughs> yeah? <clears throat> who thinks you've got a good reputation? Depends who's asking, he says, yeah? <clears throat> Depends who's asking. 
All I know is that a good reputation can be very quickly, yeah, can be very quickly lost, yeah, can be very quickly lost, and it's very difficult again to uh, to ultimately rebuild. But do some of us have a reputation that we have a church, and then maybe do we have another reputation that we might have at work, yeah, and maybe another reputation that we might have, you know, in different parts of our lives. This lady Rahab had obviously got. Yeah, very much got a reputation because the Bible tells us quite plainly that she was a prostitute, yeah, and uh, doing the things that prostitutes do. So, yeah, she got a reputation in, in that particular way. And even though, even though Joshua, even though uh, Rahab had got this reputation, yeah, God was going to use her in a very mighty way, as we'll see uh, as we go through into, uh, into the next part of, uh, of our story. So where did he say, yeah, in the story, where did, we haven't got that far in the story yet, but this, I'm testing your knowledge tonight from back in Sunday school days. Where did it, where did it say in the, uh, in the Bible that Rahab lived other than Jericho? Yeah. Rahab lived in the wall of Jericho, yeah, and back in those days, yeah, a lot of cities were fortified by having dirty great walls all around, yeah, as around the perimeter to keep out, yeah, to keep out all of the, uh, all of the people. Huge gates would have been on the yeah at the entrance to the city, and presumably the red light district is where where where, um, where Rahab would have been would have been near the gates yeah and in the wall actually in the wall of the city so people coming in and out would have had easy access um, to uh, to Rahab and anybody else that was there at that particular time yeah so from a reputation point of view Rahab had got this very shall we say shady and sordid. Uh, type of uh, type of past, and the story tells us that ultimately, yeah, we can get accused. We've yeah, as people of God, yeah, we stand here now, and we know we've yeah. For those of us who put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah, we know ultimately that even we had yeah some degree of should we say yeah shady past, yeah, we agree. I can remember doing. Yeah, doing one or two dodgy things when I was a younger lad. <laughs> yeah, most of which I never told my mum and dad about, of course. Yeah, most of which I definitely didn't tell my sister about either. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you can never trust your sister, can you? <laughs> yeah, and we all have this shady past, don't we? Yeah, and the evil one wants to continue to point that out to us, doesn't he? And he wants to continue to point that out to, uh, to, uh, to others. You remember the story back in the Garden of Eden? Yeah? When uh, Adam and Eve succumbed to, yeah, succumbed to the evil one, didn't, didn't they? And ultimately, God, yeah, God's go, God goes searching in the garden and finds Adam and Eve. And what does he say to them? Yeah? Why are you hiding? Yeah? And they, they were hiding because now they had a bit of a shady past because somebody had told them that they were now naked. Prior to, prior to that, yeah, they weren't remotely bothered because they were in communion with, uh, with the Heavenly Father. Revelation 12 and verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our, of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Yeah? And the evil one wants to continue to accuse us because of our shady past. 
Ephesians 2, if you've got your Bibles, quick, uh, just quickly turn into uh, to Ephesians chapter 2. And Ephesians 2 tells us this, doesn't it? He says, And you he made alive who were what? Dead in trespasses and sins. Yeah? Dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the son, sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. Yeah? So... Yeah, we can point the finger, if you like, at Rahab and say, yeah, she's a bit of a dodgy character. But weren't we all the bits of dodgy characters prior to God saving us? Yeah. We all have, yeah, we all have a past. And <clears throat> in this particular story tonight, we find out that yeah, Rahab, even though she had yeah, a very dodgy and sordid past, ultimately ends up with... Instead of a shameful past, she ends up with a surprising pardon. A surprising pardon. Now, my good friend, the Oxford English Dictionary, which I consult occasionally, yeah, primarily when I'm doing this sort of thing, of course, yeah, because you have to know, yeah, you have to know things are right. The OED says about pardon, it's to show mercy or an act of forgiveness, excuse or forgiveness for a fault, offence, or discourtesy. And I've already mentioned that. In our story tonight, yeah, Rahab, quite def- as well as being the prostitute, she quite definitely lied, didn't she, in what she was, uh, in what she was telling the king of, of Jericho. Yeah. What does um, Rahab say in, uh, in verse 9 of of chapter, chapter 2 of Joshua. I'll just uh, skip back there. It would probably help if I looked at Joshua instead of Judges, wouldn't it? That's better. In verse 8 it says, Now before, uh, the, before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Yeah, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of, of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, that is, Sion and Og, who were utterly destroyed. And, so, and as soon as we heard these things, what happened? Yeah, it says, our hearts melted, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God... He is the God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Yeah. So the people in Jericho, yeah, and Rahab, yeah, as Rahab expressed there in, uh, <clears throat> in Joshua chapter 2, they were in fear of the Israelites. Yeah. Cast your minds back again, 40 odd, yeah, 40 odd years when Josh, sorry, when Moses sent out the two spies. Yeah. What was happening then? It was the other way around. Yeah, the children of Israel were frightened of what was going to happen when they went into the promised land. And now we're in the completely different situation where the people in Jericho are actually frightened of the people of Israel who are coming towards them. Yeah. In other words, the reputation, if you like, of the children of Israel had gone before and everybody in Jericho, it seems, had heard yeah, what was going to happen if the people of Israel got as far as their city. 
Just spin down to, uh, to verse 12 of Joshua chapter 2. It says, uh, Rahab says, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will shine, show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. The theme of, I guess the theme of the message, uh, the, sorry, of this, pa this passage altogether tonight is, the, is that if God can use someone like Rahab, yeah, then he can use any of us. Yeah. I can remember thinking when I was, I became a Christian when I was 17, so it's going back a few, yeah, it's going back a few years now. But I can remember thinking, yeah, in the very early days of being a Christian, how's God going to use Howard? Yeah, because I knew what I was, <laughs> yeah, I knew what I was like during my teenage years. Yeah, my mum and dad decided to send me to a public school. Yeah, when I was a teenager, <laughs> don't know why, still don't understand why, but there you go. And <clears throat> you would not believe some of the stuff that went on in public school. Maybe you would believe some of the stuff that went on in public school. Yeah, when your mum and dad are paying for the, yeah, for the benefit of your education. <laughs> yeah. But I wondered what it was that God could do with me because of my, yeah, because of my past. And I say, the, in the story in Joshua, God's basically saying that I can still use people in spite of your, yeah, what you might have been like in the past. Despite you might have had a shameful life, you might have, yeah, you might have done all sorts of weird and wonderful things that God can still use us, yeah? God can still use us. Did you notice that, yeah, God actually used, yeah, God actually used and was using Rahab, yeah, while she was still a prostitute, yeah? She didn't have to become, yeah, she didn't have to become a queen or, yeah, whatever, whatever it might be before God used her. God stepped into her life and used her in that way, yeah? In other words, we don't have to become super smart Christians before God can use us. You get what I'm saying? Yeah? We don't have to be super smart Christians before God can use us. God stepped into Rahab's life and started to use her right from the point when she was a prostitute. And sometimes these things don't sort of necessarily fit within our sort of theological, yeah, the way we look at theology in our heads. Yeah? But this is what God did in this particular case with Rahab. Long time ago, yeah, one of the things that Pam uh, used to encourage us to do, well, and uh, sorry, primarily Ron, actually, not rather, rather than Pam. Ron used to encourage us to read our Bibles, yeah, when we were, yeah, when we were young Christians. And one of the things that uh, I can remember doing a long, long time ago now is actually reading through the Bible in a year. And um, it takes a lot of doing. Has anybody actually done that? Yeah, read through the, yeah. Oh, yes, you're doing it this year, yeah? So you've got three weeks to go, okay? Has anybody else read through the Bible in a year? At least two, three people, yeah? Okay. Um, I'd encourage you to do it <laughs> in the same way Ron encouraged us. Um, sometimes it can be really difficult, and, uh, but sometimes it can be really joyous as well <clears throat> in doing that. And why can it be really difficult? And would you like to explain to us tonight, as you've done it this year, why sometimes it could be difficult? Some of the passages are a bit tough reading. Some of them sort of big crumbs. <laughs> when I'm going to get to the end of this chapter. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if I remember rightly when I was doing it, sometimes you could read maybe three or four chapters in a day. 
Yeah, and some of them might be, uh, yeah, the story of Rahab's quite, yeah, quite exciting, isn't it? Yeah, then you, then you get the lists, don't you? Yeah, and this is where I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Yeah, Matthew chapter 1, because we all know what's in Matthew chapter 1, don't we? And everybody said, yes, we all know what's in chapter, Matthew chapter 1. Okay, and I can remember struggling with this passage, yeah, and many other passages in, uh, in certainly in the Old Testament, yeah, where you get huge lists of names and, you know, so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And we go through the, yeah, in Kings and Chronicles, we have the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel and we, we find out all about the Kings of Israel and that's quite, yeah, that's quite tough going. And so what does Matthew chapter 1 tell us? Well, it kicks off and he says, this is the genealogy of uh, Jesus Christ. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham, Abraham begot Isaac. Yeah? Isaac begot... Sorry, I forgot you got it on the screen. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so you should all be up and... Yeah. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. Yeah? This is exciting. Who thinks this is exciting stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat and his brothers. How many were there? Hey, see, that fills on the ball. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Judah begat Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begat Hezron and Hezron begat Ram, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, okay. What does he say in verse 5? Yeah. It says Salmon. That's not Solomon. That's Salmon. Yeah. Salmon or Salmon. Yeah. Begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot, uh, begot David, uh, David the king. Yeah. And if you read through, yeah, if you read through the genealogy, you'll find there's 14 generations. There's 14 generations from Abraham through to King David, and then there's another 14 generations from King David through to Jesus. 14 generations, then another 14 generations, made 28 generations uh, in, uh, in all. Yeah. Who can tell me where Rahab is in the list? Sorry, yes, we read it already, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Someone begat, yeah, uh, begat Boaz by who? Rahab, yeah, right? So this lady with an extremely dodgy past is actually in the direct line between Abraham and King David and then obviously following through from King David all the way through to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah? There are lots and lots and lots of different people that, we've, uh, that we can see in the Bible. And I'm going to move now to another, yeah, to another part where we, uh, where we find out about Rahab, which is in the New Testament, again, and is in... Ooh, here we go. Yeah, and is in Hebrews in chapter 11. And what does Hebrews chapter 11 tell us about? Yeah, the people of faith are great heroes, if you like, from uh, from biblical days. So, if you've got your Bibles, just spin through to uh, to Hebrews and uh, and chapter eleven. Yeah, and look at verse thirty-one. Yeah, again, we find in verse thirty-one of Hebrews eleven that Rahab appears 
Yeah, Rahab appears and he says, by faith, yeah, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Yeah, and received the spies in peace. Is this the same Rahab? Yes, it is. Yeah, this is the same Rahab that we've uh, that we read about in Joshua, and the writer of Hebrews goes on and says, "What more shall I say? For time would fail me, yeah, to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, King David, Samuel and the prophets." Yeah, Paul, if you believe it's Paul that's written written Hebrews, he's saying, "I haven't got enough time to tell you about these guys." Yeah, but I'm going to tell you about Rahab. Yeah? Not enough, got, got enough time to tell you about, yeah? David, who was David? David was the greatest king Israel ever had. Who was Samuel? Samuel was a of the greatest prophets, yeah, in the Bible. And Paul's saying here in Hebrews, yeah, I ain't got time to tell you about what they did, but I'm going to tell you that Rahab did this. Yeah? Rahab did this. So the writer of Hebrews has, has time to put in his account, yeah, the, yeah, all the information about, about Rahab. What do you think that is? I think it's because God, yeah, God chooses the people he's going to save. God chooses the people he's going to use, yeah, to, uh, to carry on with his, yeah, with his works and his plans and his purposes, 1 Corinthians, yeah, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 27 says these words. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world yeah, to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to, sh to, put to shame the things which are mighty. Yeah. So often, yeah, we, think that, yeah, we think that we're the man or we're the woman. Yeah, we can do things in our own strength. Yeah, and I found out these last two weeks, I can't do things in my own strength because my back's been absolutely terrible, yeah, and I've been able to do nothing. So, yeah, good old strong girls had to rely on my good wife, yeah, to do all sorts of things for me over the last, yeah, over the last two weeks. I think we just about managed to get over not having to, yeah, not having to have Carol put me socks on. But it was, yeah, it's got, yeah, it's been at that sort of level, yeah. And God takes, yeah, God takes people who we least expect and uses them mightily, yeah, for the extension of his kingdom. <clears throat> and that's what he did uh, with, uh, with Rahab. Despite her shady past, her sketchy reputation, yeah, God saw in Rahab that she was a hero of faith, yeah. And he's put, yeah, he's put, Rah he's put Rahab's name into the list of the faithful in Hebrews. So, a shameful past, but a surprising pardon that came to Rahab. And lastly, we have a sweeping promise. Yeah, it's nothing to do with football. Yeah, it's a sweeping promise. In verse 12 of, the, of Joshua chapter 2, he says this, Now therefore, this is Rahab speaking, Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. Yeah? Deliver our lives from death. The word kindness here in this particular uh, in this particular verse is the Hebrew word chesed. 
that's where I've, yeah I've had to look this up because yeah <clears throat> right it's not chess head apparently it's like you have to go to get guttural and they yeah so chesed <clears throat> apparently okay and this is a multifaceted word yeah the English version is kindness uh, but that doesn't do yeah that doesn't do justice to the word as far as the Hebrew is concerned and in the Old Testament chesed it appears 248 times, would you believe, in 241 verses in the Old Testament between Genesis 19 and uh, the book of Zechariah, chapter 7. And over half of the uses of the word are in, in the book of Psalms as well. And perhaps the, uh, the, the best definition I've found of it is, is God's steadfast loving kindness, yeah, God's steadfast loving kindness best describes how the word is used in the vast majority of the times in, uh, in the scriptures. And, um, yeah, if you want to have a bit of a del delve into the Hebrew, yeah, I'd recommend go and have a look at this, yeah, a look at this word because it's, uh, it's crazy, really. Yeah, if you've got time, recommend you go and do that. Have a, yeah, have a look at the word. Yeah, but in this, uh, in... Uh, in Joshua chapter 12, it's just saying that uh, since I've shown you kindness, yeah, I hope that you also will show, show that same kindness to me and to uh, everyone that's in uh, basically within my family. We've, always, we've already read, haven't we, that uh, the people of Jericho were afraid of what was going to happen to them. Because the uh, the children of Israel, the armies of the children of Israel were coming uh, were coming towards them, Joshua and the and, and the armies of Israel. And what do we know ultimately happened in the case of Jericho? It was destroyed. I remember, yeah, again, doing a lot of reminiscing tonight. But there you go. <clears throat> yeah, one of the one of the uh, uh, choruses that we used to sing as kids in Sunday school was. Round the walls of Jericho, round the walls of Jericho, round the walls of Jericho, the army went seven times without a stop, seven times without a stop, the army went. Shout. When the people gave a shout, come on, Mike, the people gave a shout, walls fell into Jericho at last, into Jericho at last, into Jericho at last, the armies went. Yeah, didn't know you're going to get that tonight, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> yeah. The walls were flattened, and this is what yeah, this is what Rahab was yeah, Rahab and the people of, of Jericho were fearing that this would yeah, that the the children of Israel would actually walk in and <clears throat> and take over the uh, and take over the city, <clears throat> and yeah, one of the things that we sing a lot about in church is the goodness of God, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we talk, yeah, we sing a lot about <clears throat> a good, good, yeah, a good, good father. Yeah. And this is very true, but we also forget, don't we, that God is also a God of judgment. Yeah. And this is what, yeah, this was what was going to happen to the, yeah, to the, uh, to the city of Jericho. It was going to be flattened in part of God's judgment, uh, walking, <clears throat> going through into, uh, into the promise, into the promised land. Yeah. So although Joshua ultimately was going to be, yeah, was going to be the saviour of Rahab, yeah, 
Joshua is also going to be the judge of, yeah, of Jericho. And we need to remember that God, yeah, God saves, yeah, God saves us, but he's also going to be a judge as well. He's going to be a judge, and he'll judge uh, the, the works of men, <clears throat> ultimately. So what did Rahab do? Yeah, what did Rahab do? Just go back to, uh, to Joshua chapter uh, to Joshua chapter two, and uh, and verse seventeen of Joshua chapter two says, "So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath. We will be blameless of this oath, which uh, sorry, we will be blameless of this of this oath of yours, which you have made with us, unless when we come into the land, you bind this." Sorry, unless when we come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you, you let us down. And unless you bring your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household to your own home. So it will be that whoever goes inside, outside the doors of your house onto the street, his blood shall be on our own head and <clears throat> on his own head. And we will be guiltless. And whatever, and, and sorry, and whoever is with you in the house his blood shall be on your on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then you will be free from your oath which you made us which you made us swear. Yeah. So what did what had Rahab got to do to make sure that her back was covered and the back of her yeah, the back of her all of her family? Yeah? She got to she got to put the red cord in the window of her house. Yeah. <clears throat> so you've got to put the red cord in the window uh, of the house. And verse 21 tells us that Rahab did exactly that. She put this red cord in the window of her house. In other words, yeah, she couldn't care less what anybody thought about somebody having a strange red cord hanging outside of, yeah, hanging out of their window because she knew in her heart of hearts, yeah, that she'd made, yeah, that she'd made these uh, these two spies swear an oath, and that was if she continued and hung the red cord in the window, that ultimately she and her family uh, would be saved. Do you remember the story back in uh, back in Egypt when the last plague of Egypt was what? Anybody remember what the last plague in Egypt was? The plague, yeah, the plague of the firstborn. And Moses was instructed by God to tell the people to do what? Yeah, to put blood across the top of the lintel and the two side posts. <clears throat> yeah. And if they didn't do it, the firstborn in yeah, the firstborn in that house would have died. So here we find that Rahab, yeah, was actually yeah, was actually willing and able, and she did put the red cord in the uh, in the window. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So in other words, basically Rahab went public. Yeah, She demonstrated that she was putting her faith and trust yeah, in what the men had said to her. And that's what God expects us to do when we first become Christians, isn't it? Put our faith, once we put our faith and trust in him, he expects us to go public and tell others about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done 
has done for us. Yeah. And so we have this sweeping promise yeah, that the spies made to Rahab that ultimately we find out worked out. Were all the walls of Jericho flattened? I struggled with this one. Were all the walls of Jericho flattened? What does the Bible tell us? Yeah, the Bible tells us that all the walls of Jericho were flattened. So if that was the case, how did, yeah, how did, yeah, how did the spies or the, anybody in the army of Israel see that there was a red cord in the window? I'm not sure how to answer that one. I'll just throw that out. Yeah, just throw that out for you to um, <clears throat> to think about. But I can <clears throat> um, I can imagine, yeah, all the walls being flattened, yeah, flattened to the ground, and maybe just a yeah, just a little yeah, a little slither still standing with a window in it and a red cord, so that the people could yeah, the armies of Israel could actually see uh, what was <clears throat> uh, what was going on. The scarlet cord is a, is a representation, if you like, of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't seem, yeah, we don't seem to talk very much uh, again these days about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and what that, yeah, what that has done for us as sinful people. Yeah, I'm going to sing again now. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the, yeah, do you remember the chorus from back along that used to say, "What can wash away my sin?" Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Oh, other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Got echo with that as well. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that one? Do you remember the other old yeah, got, here we go again. <clears throat> Do you remember the other old hymn that used to yeah, that used to say, Where are we? Yeah. Would you be free of your burden of sin? Oh, that's not right. Yeah, it's got the tune the tune's just gone, yeah, just went AWOL. Would you there's power in the blood, power in the blood, yeah. <clears throat> Would your or evil a victory win? There's power in the blood, in the blood. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> There's power, power, wonder working, power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Church in the garden, Linda, quite correct. <clears throat> Redemption hymnal, if I remember rightly, something like that. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, but... Again, we don't hear very often about the yeah we don't hear very often about the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ um, in a lot of the yeah, in a lot of the things that we see sorry that we sing um, today powerful powerful lyrics yeah um, more importantly the powerful blood of the Lord Jesus Christ yeah we mentioned this sweeping promise there's another there's another sweeping promise in John's Gospel in chapter three and verse sixteen isn't there. <laughs> Yeah, which tells us what? Yeah, John three sixteen tells us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah, should not perish but have everlasting life. 
And as people, yeah, if we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ to be our saviour at the moment, yeah, that's one thing. But for those of us who do know the Lord Jesus Christ as our saviour and friend, our saviour and Lord, then ultimately we know that one day, yeah, we might meet, yeah, we're going to be able to meet Rahab. Yeah. And a load of other people, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be able to, uh, to meet her. Now, the last time, uh, the last time Carol and I went to Disney, which was the uh, uh, year before last, yeah, the year before last, it had changed somewhat from the time we'd been previously, which was quite a few years ago. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> if you go to Disney now, uh, you can uh, before you go, you can log on to yeah, you can log on to uh, any uh, the Disney website, and you can download the My Disney Experience app. Yeah. And um, if you've downloaded that app, when you get to Disney, yeah, because everywhere in Disney's got Wi-Fi, <clears throat> right? You can use the app, and you can <clears throat> you can tailor your yeah, you can tailor your um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, rides, yeah, rides, meeting people, yeah, you can do everything, <clears throat> everything through the app, okay? Um, so as long as you've got your phone, as long as you've got your phone, uh, you can do all sorts of uh, all sorts of things. Okay, and yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, the Bible, the Bible paints a little bit of a story. Uh, sorry, the Bible paints a, a picture of heaven, doesn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> the one, uh, the thing I like, uh, the one thing I like about uh, what the Bible says about heaven is that primarily the Lord Jesus Christ went there over two thousand years ago now, and the Bible tells us that He is doing what? He's preparing a place for us. <clears throat> And I'm sure, <clears throat> yeah, um, Rahab has gone before us and there's a place already prepared for Rahab, yeah. And it just, uh, it just got me uh, thinking about when I get to heaven, yeah, I've, I'm, wondering, <clears throat> I'm wondering whether, I'll, uh, whether I might still need my mobile phone. I don't know, yeah. How we communicate in heaven, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because, I don't know, if Simon lives in sort of, District one of heaven, yeah, and I live in district three. How do we, yeah, how do we communicate? I've had these strange things, these strange sort of thoughts over the last couple of days. Yeah, I've no idea. Will I still need my iPhone? I, I have no idea. Yeah, but <laughs> it set me thinking. <clears throat> what does Hebrews eleven tell us? He tells us all these people that have gone. Yeah, we've got. He says we're surrounded by a huge cloud of witnesses who have all gone before us. Yeah, and. One of the things I want to do when I get to heaven is have a chat with Nehemiah. Yeah, because Nehemiah is one of my yeah one of my favourite people in the uh, in the uh, in the Bible. I want to have a chat with him about project management. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, how he did such a great yeah how he did a great job in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Yeah, <clears throat> but if we just stick to, yeah if we just stick tonight to the to the people yeah uh, to the people in Hebrews eleven. Um, I I just want in. If I got my yeah, if I got my my heaven experience app on my phone, yeah, whether I'll be able to to dial up um, Abraham, and I want to see Abraham, and uh, the uh, the app comes back and says, no, you won't be able to see Abraham. He's he's a bit busy. You probably wait, have to wait about three or four years before you can have a chat with Abraham. <clears throat> yeah, or and then I thought, well, maybe I'll skip. Yeah, I'll skip down and uh, let's try Moses, and the app comes back and says. Now, it's a ten-year job for Moses. Yeah, you've got to, yeah, you're going to have to wait a bit. Yeah, 
Um, okay, so uh, what about Joseph then? Um, I'd like to have a chat with Joseph as well because Joseph was a precursor of the Lord Jesus Christ, wasn't he? Yeah, and <clears throat> yeah, the app comes back to. Sorry, that's going to be at least another three years before you go have a chance to chat with uh, a chance to chat with uh, with Joseph as well. And uh, <clears throat> okay, so who else is in the who else is in our uh, in our heroes of faith? Um, Rahab, oh, Rahab. So <clears throat> yeah, scroll yeah, scroll down scroll down the app, and you come to uh, Rahab the prostitute. Yeah, and th nothing comes back. You think, what? How can that be? Try again. Oh, yeah, let's make sure I've spelt Rahab's name right. Yeah, <clears throat> Rahab the prostitute. Da, 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 da. Nothing comes back. You think, well, that's yeah, that's a bit strange. So what's going? Yeah, what's going on here? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people got this strange belief that St Peter's standing at the gates of heaven and all that. I don't believe that, but you know, yeah, just bear with me. So, so I walk over to yeah, walk over to Peter and say, "Excuse me, Peter, but I've tried yeah, I've tried all these all these other people, and um, yeah, it, I've got to wait too long to talk to all those, and I can't find Rahab the uh, Rahab the uh, uh, the prostitute on yeah uh, on the list." And uh, Peter turns around and says, "There's a very good reason for that, Howard, yeah, because." Up here, we don't know her as Rahab the prostitute. We know her as Rahab the righteous. 